Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, that's the most obnoxious intro to a show I could probably do. Welcome to the Zero for Hire podcast. It has been nearly a week. I have been working a lot, like a very strenuous work schedule. I'm trying to figure out how to hold this. I'm going to hold it like this. Been working a strenuous schedule. Um, it's not so much that I'm working a ton of hours, but the hours that I work are not optimal for podcasting lately. But also, also, I lost one of the cables. And when I see, when I mean one of the cables, I mean like the one cable that works for this device that I can't do anything if if I lose it. I lost that cable for like three days. Finally, I broke down and asked one of my neighbors if he had one. And so we had to get in the car and drive to his storage space to get one. So I'm able to transfer my voice from this device and and make a podcast again. So yay for that. Uh, Thank you, Nate, for helping me get restored. And we're going to talk about the things that are going on this week. Now, I'm driving, so there's going to be some post-production involved in today's episode, and that'll be a good test run, because I finally, whoa, yeah, this lady, she's not watching where she's going, jeez, um, (laughs) I finally got my, um, kind of an office space, so like, because I'm in the RV, I don't have I don't have an RV with different rooms or with separate rooms. It's not, it doesn't have pop-outs. It doesn't, it doesn't have sections or whatever. It's just like one big area. And, um, we, the kids have the loft, you know, one of the other kids has the, the table folds down into a bed at night. And then the bedroom section is separated by a curtain. It's it's a very small space. We have to be very organized and intentional about everything that we do. Why am I telling you this? Because in the front seat of our RV, I've converted it into an office for myself. Uh, for a while, we were using it for some other stuff. And I just woke up one day. I was just like, I know how to do this. And I converted it to an office so that I could have an area to sit and do things on the computer and... Um, not be taking up a bunch of space. So yeah, now that I got that set up, one of the first things I did was set up my microphone for podcasting, which I have yet to record there. But when I do some recording on uh, in post-production or anything like that, that's where I'll be doing that work. So I'm excited. I'm excited. The Zero for Hire podcast is going to be largely news and updates of my life. And that was a kind of a big section for updates of what's been going on with me but you haven't heard from me for a week so that's why I'm doing this so like I said there's gonna be some post-production in today's podcast because RFK was at a senate hearing and what's her name representative Plaskett Jamie is it Jamie Plaskett Janine Plastic something Plaskett she is the Democrat ranking member, and she is a nasty, nasty woman. Everything that she does is, you know, lawyer speak, technicality, reductionist, like the most autistic version of any interpretation you can take on a statement. And she's also very uh, catty in the way that she talks. She's, you know, she's disrespectful. She's just a nasty woman, like I said. Well, 
they had that the up on this up on the Senate they had a hearing about censorship because uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., who's running for president this year, by the way, if you haven't heard, it has been censored since like 2020. I think he got censored back in 2020 because of some things that he was saying about vaccines. And if you remember 2020, that was not a great time to say anything about vaccines. As a matter of fact, many conservative people right now who are commentators if they say anything about vaccines, like anything, they will censor the word. There's a lot of YouTube commentators that censor the words and stuff like that. So that's how bad it is. Well, there were some things that were said, and he quoted a study. It's, it's a very, like, garbly mess of, uh, of a quote. So I can't play you the clip of, what, of him reading the quote. But basically, there's a video with him at a banquet giving a speech, and he's talking about how there was a study that speculated that the COVID-19 virus was targeted toward black people and uh, Ashkenazi Jews. And so everybody said collectively, that's ridiculous. I'm offended. How dare you say that? And I just, I don't get this whole thing where it's like you say something that may or may not be true and it has a racial tone underpinning to it or whatever but like you don't know if it's true or not you're not even allowed to talk about it because people get offended at the fact that you're just talking about it like you don't know if it's true they don't know if it's true we're trying to find out and there's a study done and you're like you're not allowed to read from that study because that's racist like you just decide it's racist like that's the kind of behavior we're talking about this isn't the first time that I've heard somebody say that the target, that the virus was targeted or that viruses could be targeted or that there was research being done to see if you could target specific people with viruses. I mean, they've been doing that in Africa since the population bomb. If you remember the book, The Population Bomb, back in the 70s, they've been, you know, making sure that people in Africa can't reproduce and experimenting and doing research to find out if you can target specific people. There was a speculation that the Chinese were doing that. I've heard a lot of different rumors. As dumb as they are, as true as they may be or not be, that's just the, that's the speculation. So, he's reading from a study, and then CNN takes a clip of that study, and they chop it up and do a hit piece or whatever, make it sound like this is what he's asserting. And that's what Plaskett was saying. She, she asked him, do you think that, you know, I'm going to find and play the clip. I'm going to find and play the clip from that because I, you need to hear the way that she talks about the, the tone in her voice. You need to hear all that. So based on how she does that, He, he snapped back at her. And he didn't snap back in a nasty, dirty, divisive way. He was basically saying, like, I don't appreciate <coughs> being called a racist. I don't appreciate being framed. Uh, the way that you're talking to me isn't right. We need to get back. Like, this is this is what's wrong with the country. We need to stop with the gotcha moments and stuff like that. It's, it's quite a long clip. It's kind of a satisfying clip. I want to play this for you because I want you to hear what he's saying 
And then I'll come back and make some commentary on it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, maybe we could put five minutes on the clock then, not ten. Could we put five on the clock and we'll start it running? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I, I want to I start, I want to put aside my written statement for a moment and address one of the uh, points that was brought up, I think an important point by the ranking member, that this body ought to be concerning itself with the, uh, with the issues that impact directly the American people. The rising price of groceries, 76% over the past two years for basic foodstuff, uh, the war in Ukraine, the inflation issues, the border issues, many, many other issues that concern us all as a nation. We can't do that without the First Amendment, without debate. Uh, when I gave my speech, my announcement speech in Boston uh, two months ago, YouTube, I, I talked about all those issues. I focused on grocery. I focused on the fact that working class people can no longer afford to live in this country. I talked about inflation, all the issues that deeply concern you and that you've devoted your career to alleviating those issues. Five minutes into my speech, when I was talking about Paul Revere, YouTube deplatformed me. I didn't talk about vaccines in that speech. I didn't talk about anything that be, could be was a verboten subject. I just was talking about my campaign and things, the conversation that we ought to be having with each other as Americans. But I was shut down. And that is why the First Amendment is important. Debate, congenial, respectful debate is the is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. Now, there, this is a letter that many of you signed, many of my fellow Democrats. I've spent my life in this party, I've devoted my life to the values of this party. This, 102 people signed this. This itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address. This is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing. The, the, the charges in this, and, and by the way, censorship is antithetical to our party. It was, it was appalling to my father, to my uncle, to FDR, to Harry Truman, to Thomas Jefferson, as the chairman referred to. It is the basis for democracy. It sets us apart from all of the previous forms of government. We need to be able to talk, and, and the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. It was written for the speech that nobody likes you for. And I was, I was censored not just by the Democratic administration, I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. Anti-Semitism. Racism. These are, are the most appalling, disgusting pejoratives, and they're applied to me to silence me because people don't want me to have that conversation about the war, about groceries, about inflation, about the war on the middle class in this country that we need to be having. And, and by the way, I want to say this while I'm on the record. 
that in my entire life, and why I'm under oath, in my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. I have spent my life fighting my professional career, fighting for Israel, for the protection of Israel. I have a better record on Israel than anybody in this chamber today. I'm the only person who has publicly objected to the $2 billion payout that the Biden administration is now making to Iran, which is a, is a, a genocidal program. I'm the only one who's objected to that. I fought more ferociously for Israel than anybody. But I am being censored here through this target, through, through, through smears, through misinterpretations of what I've said, through lies, through association, which is a tactic that we all thought we had been discredited and dispensed with after the Army McCarthy hearings in the 1950s. But those same weapons are now being deployed against me to silence me. I know many of the people who wrote this letter. I don't believe there's a single person who signed this letter who believes I'm anti-Semitic. I do not believe that. There is no evidence of that. Now I want to say something I think that's, that's more important, and it goes directly to what you talked about, ranking member, which is the... the the need, the, the, this toxic polarization that is destroying our country today. And how do we deal with that? We are more, this kind of division is more dangerous for our country than any time since the American Civil War. And how do we deal with that? How are we going to, every Democrat on this committee believes that we need to end that polarization. Do you think you can do that by censoring people? I'm telling you, you cannot. You, that only aggravates and amplifies the problem. We need to start being kind to each other. We need to start being respectful to each other. We need to start, start restoring the comedy to this chamber and, and, and to the rest of America. But it has to start here. My uncle, Edward Kennedy, has more legislation with his name on it than any senator in United States history. Why is that? Because he was able to reach across the aisle. Because he didn't deal in insults. Because he didn't try to censor people. He brought home people who were antithetical to what he believed in. He came home almost every weekend with people like Orrin Hatch to our house at the compound in Hyannisport. At that time, Orrin Hatch to me was like Darth Vader because I was an environmentalist. And I was saying, why, why is Teddy bringing this guy home? But he knew that he was effective because he understood that comedy and respect and kindness and compassion and empathy for other people is the way that we have, the only way to restore the function in this, in this chamber. But more importantly, today we need to give an example in the leadership of our country of being respectful to each other. If you think I said something that's anti-Semitic, let's talk about the details. I'm telling you all the things that I'm accused of right now by you. And in this letter are distortions, they're misrepresentations. I, said, I didn't say those things. There's fragments that I said, but I denounce anybody
who, is, who uses the words that I have said to imply something that is negative about people who are Jewish. I never said those things. And I want to point out also that the chairman pointed to Dennis Kucinich who's fighting behind me. There is no two people in, in the country who feel differently about, more differently about American politics than these two people. <laughs> and yet they were friends. Dennis attended his children's basketball games, attended his daughter's wedding. This is what we need, how we need to start treating each other in this country. We have to stop trying to destroy each other, to marginalize, to vilify, to gaslight each other. We have to find that place inside of ourselves of light, of empathy, of compassion, and above all, we need to elevate the Constitution of the United States, which was written for hard times, and that has to be the premier compass for all of our activities. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Now, I don't know if I said this on this show, but this is what needs to happen. The left has gotten so far out of control on so many different ways and on so many different levels that the only way they can be reined in is if a Democrat does it. It's going to take Democrats saying, hey, you can't diddle children. It's going to say it's going to take Democrats to say, hey, men shouldn't be in women's sports. It's going to take Democrats saying, hey, we need to treat each other better. We need to stop this, all this division, all this divisive like politics. This has to stop. We have to come together. It's tearing our country apart. They're not going to hear it from us. They're not going to hear it from conservatives. They're not. They hear what, they hear what we're saying. They hear us talking. They hear our objections. But it's who we are is the reason that they won't hear it. They won't hear it from their enemies. So it's going to take Democrats. And that's one of the reasons I think the Democrats are trying so hard to frame RFK as a conservative. When he's not, they're trying to move the Overton window. They're trying to make the far left appear to be the new mainstream center left. And then anything to the right of center left has to be cast as right wing. But RFK is an old school Democrat. The difficulty with that is that there's enough Americans that have been shoved to the side that are Democrats that have been effectively shoved to the side and disregarded for the most part and just been told that they have to get on board with the new Democrat agenda. And they're still loyal to the Democrat Party because, you know, they're old school. So basically, one of the things that you use to debunk the Southern strategy is the fact that the Southern states remained Democrat largely until about the 90s. Somewhere in the mid-90s, they started flipping red. And so I'm out here in Arkansas, and I'm in this little town, and there's old-school Democrats all over the place. And the thing is, a lot of them think like conservatives do now. They have the same values for, for a lot of different things. Like, there's some key elements that they disagree on, and there are stark, stark enough differences that that's why we can't agree politically. But some of these people are like, vote blue no matter who kind of mindset. They're Democrats because of the unions. You know what I mean? Like, they're Democrats because they've always been Democrats. Like, they're not going to change their ways. And, and the states are Republican now, 
since the since like the mid 90s a lot of these southern states but they're not going to stop being democrats just because some of these states flipped red 30 years ago 40 years ago they they these are old old school like people in their 60s 70s some of these people are in their 50s they were democrats back then they're they're still democrats but they're old school democrats they're not this new like brain-dead leftist that's just like a a nasty gender-bending autist like that's not that's not the new that's not the old school democrat mindset and so a lot of these people are very close to the center moderate and they give the left their power but when they see somebody like rfk saying the things that he says not when he's talking about vaccines not when he's talking about big pharma but he a lot of what he says makes sense He remembers a time where you weren't allowed to advertise medicines on TV. He remembers a time when pharmaceutical companies weren't allowed to get rich. There's a lot of things that are out of whack. He remembers like when black people didn't have eczema in large number and when people weren't just autistic everywhere or have food allergies everywhere. He's from that era and a lot of old school Democrats are too. And so... I think he is the pill that can change a lot of the problems in the Democrat Party. And if not him specifically, more candidates like him, more people like him that need to come forward. But with Kennedy, like he has the Kennedy name. So that's a big deal. Not there's a lot of old school Democrats that are are common sense. You know, Jordan Peterson, he's not a Democrat, but he's a classical liberal. Uh, who else is a classical liberal? Either classical liberals or libertarian types. But, like, they don't have the the Democrat legacy name of Kennedy. And a lot of Democrats are angry about that. They're like, he's, he's trying to peddle his name. He blah, blah, blah. They see it coming. But when he gets on there and, yes, there are a bunch of hardened partisan politicians who are not going to compromise for any reason. They're going to remain that nasty like Plaskett but when they see him come on TV and say hey we have to treat each other better we have to do better by these things and he's speaking about kindness and decency that resonates with people and so if you want to harden yourself to that and try to figure out a way Plaskett is on CNN trying to trying to explain why he's a bad guy and she's like well you know you have to be able to censor people but she can't say censor she was in that hearing about censorship that's the democrats playbook they don't like him so they want to censor him they want him to shut up and go away and they can't they can't compete with his ideas because his ideas are just frankly better and that's the kind of politics that we need to get back to is look we're basically good people we're treating each other like decently we're willing to reach across the aisle we're willing to be bipartisan and be fair to each other but at the same time you're backing some things that i can't get behind your tax your tax policy is not great my tax policy is better like that's the stuff we should be arguing about not not this nasty crap that these new school democrats want to fight over so yeah it's it's a lot and 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 that's what we need to see though on the cultural side like yeah these are these are conversations and arguments between democrats and it's going to take 
a Democrat to make a lot of these arguments to set a lot of these things straight. But it can't happen through law. It needs to happen culturally. And so I hope I hope you're tracking me on this one. We need more Democrats to stand up and say, "Hey, don't diddle kids, guys. You can't. Guys can't be guys. Women can't be women. We shouldn't be teaching kids about." You know, gender, weird gender stuff, and sex, and you know, sexual stuff, and gay sex, and how to use grinder apps, and like we can't be teaching kids about that stuff. Like all of these issues that we're having, that hardcore leftists and activists are bringing to the table, we're going to need regular, normal Democrat people to push back on that stuff, or it's not going to change. And sadly, that's my position right now. I think the party, I think the Democrat party is on its way out, but I think in order for a lot of this stuff to, to fizzle out and normalize, it's just going to take like a lot of old school Democrats to kind of push it away. That's my thought. So I want to know what you think on that topic. Um, it's been about a week, so I don't want to end it there. Let's take a quick break and, uh... I will come back with something else. them and accepts them for what they are and this is the saddest thing that can be said about them. 
talking to my neighbor about online issues that are happening and in the last segment before we left I was talking about how it's going to take Democrats to set other Democrats right but I was also talking about how yes I'm in Arkansas yes I'm in a red state there's a lot of red states in the south and we got things unlocked you know politically right now but culturally there's a lot of old school Democrats and they still hold some Democrat values. Now, a lot of these old school Democrats, they were here when the, when the states flipped red and they're not going to move, they're not going to stop being Democrat. But at the same time, they're not crazy leftists. And, I, and like I know this now because I'm around some of these people, I go to church with some of these people, I go to work with these people. A lot of them aren't super old, but a lot of them are still Democrats for whatever reason. Whatever their reason is, they're still Democrats. And you can talk about things that are bubbling up in the culture in a sarcastic way, and they either don't understand or they agree with you, but they're ashamed that that's the side of their party. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I made a joke about... This, okay, so this lady, she was um, talking to another guy and she was saying, you know that one guy, he's a pedophile? And he laughs. He was like, geez, you're just going to call the guy a pedophile? She goes, no, no, he is. He's a registered sex offender. Blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about this guy who's a, who's a pedophile. And I walk up behind her and I said, um, excuse me, ma'am, we don't call them pedophiles. We call them maps. And she looked at me in confusion. She didn't, I guess she didn't know the phrase. So if this is the joke, because the left is pushing for pedophiles to be called MAPS, M-A-P-S, minor attracted persons. That's the terminology that they want us to use because they want to normalize it. They want to make it like pedophile has a negative connotation. They want to call it something else. So I was willing to take the chance that maybe she knew what I was talking about. And uh, maybe she was just offended at what I was saying. And I was like, they, we don't call them pedophiles. We call them maps, minor attracted perverts. I, I thought that was funny. I, I, I think that's just hilarious. My, minor attracted perverts. That's using the same word that they want you to use, but it, re, it repositions it firmly in the negative connotation that it should remain in. Um, and so if you... If you have friends that are Democrats and you and you crack that joke on around them and they say pedophile, you say, I'm sorry, it's maps, minor attracted perverts. 
you know, they're expecting you to say persons, and when you say pervert, it it reasserts the fact that this is a negative thing, and we all have a good laugh. Now, if you got Democrat friends that have heard of this stuff, and they laugh at it, you know we're in good standing, and, and maybe they're just Democrats for whatever reasons that have yet to be discussed. Maybe they're not thinking about it very much. But if you have Democrat friends that get offended by that, because they like the idea of maps now you know you've kind of exposed who they are and this is a good way of bringing topics like that to the forefront through humor you know through jokes through culture that's what culture is and um so we were discussing stuff like that you know i was that's what i was talking about with my neighbor and i was talking about how one of the local facebook pages the the admins are full of Democrat leftists, if not solely run by Democrat leftists. So the Facebook page that we had talking about was our county's, like, community page. So it's called the the Stone County What's Happening, or What's Happening Stone County. And it's supposed to be a community page where everybody who lives in Stone County can talk about activities and bake sales and new stores and garage and the weather and, and, you know, closings on the road, stuff like that. It's what's happening in Stone County, literally what it's supposed to be. Well, it seems like every day, actually it doesn't seem like, it is. Every day for the last two weeks, somebody has been posting about how there's there's this act that they want to push back on and they want everybody to sign a petition because there's an act that got passed and they didn't like it. They don't like the fact that this act got passed. Now, this particular bill that passed, it it affects me and my life in a positive way. And essentially makes it easier for me to homeschool and it will it will provide grants for my family to be able to use grants for homeschooling. And that'll take some of the load off books for um study vacation, not study vacation, what do you call that, field trips, there we go, for specialty classes, things, like, we're custom built, and and we are custom building our children's education, so, like, for my son, he's interested in blacksmithing, I want to forge a path for him to learn welding at an early age, that's something that will serve him well in life if he becomes a welder and gets certified, I can do that before, long, long before your average person and he can he can graduate with the skills needed to move right into that trade. And that's the kind of thing that we have in mind for him. We're trying to set him up with things that he's interested in so that when he's ready to graduate, he doesn't have to languish in poverty like we did. But these activists want to take it away. Now, I didn't understand why these people were griping about it so bad. And so I kept asking, you know, what is it that you object to? What are the articles? What are the sections? What talk to me and they kept giving me these like BS answers oh it's just bad oh it's poorly written I'm like it doesn't matter how it's written like it passed right that's what matters well it's full of ideas by people like the uh was it the Heritage Foundation and it's anti-democracy and I'm just like I don't know what anti-democracy means but you know you say uh, Heritage Foundation I'm actually like you're making me like this thing better and uh, I said, boo democracy, yay constitutional republic. And so the lady says, 
what do you what is your definition of democracy? I'm like, okay, here we go. So I said, democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for lunch. And then I came back and I said, no, seriously, democracy is 100% mob rule. Well, actually, it's 51% mob rule. Everyone else be damned. And she still didn't respond. And I said, okay, seriously, though, here's democracy. Democracy is a bunch of Democrats protesting at a Republican, at every Republican victory, screaming, this is what democracy looks like, while appealing to the highest court until they get it overturned on a technicality. It's kind of convoluted, but this is what Democrats do. Like they, they say, we want to do this thing. We want to vote on this bill. Okay. We vote on the bill. The bill passes. They didn't want it to pass. Well, that's democracy, right? So the bill passes and because it's, it didn't pass in the way that they want, then they're going to whine and screaming and try to petition to get it overturned on a technicality. And then if they can win on the technicality, then they can, then they'll come and scream in our face. This is what democracy looks like. And it's like, yeah, I guess that's that's true. That's what democracy looks like, which is why I don't like democracy, which is why I like the concept of a constitutional republic. And we have elected leaders that voted on our behalf. They understood why we wanted this thing. They passed it. Democrats didn't like that. And so now they're trying to petition to get it overturned. So the lady was like, well, what you're talking about is is a majority rule. And, and she just completely missed all the humor in what I was saying. So I, I blocked her. I walked away from that conversation. But the very next day, and this is after about three or four days of people posting every day. The very next day, she, she some other lady retweets a different guy. Don't forget to sign the petition. And we only have a few days left and blah, blah, blah. And so what I did was I posted as a comment the link to the actual act that they're discussing. So people could, if they want to, click the link, see what it is that they're discussing, look at these ideas for themselves. It's about 143 pages. Most people probably won't, but you could at least skim it and see what, what it's about. Well, then one of the admins took my post down, my comment, and said, no political BS. So obviously I was kind of pissed and I was like, look, man, you're not being consistent. You know, if you don't want politics, don't have politics, but you need to at least be consistent across the board. Because one, I'm doing this as a response to a topic that we've been discussing for like three weeks. And he says something along the lines of, yeah, I let that continue so people can talk until you started posting conspiracy theories. And I was like, oh, I get it. So it's fine as long as you agree with the topics here. And he's just kind of goading me or whatever, saying that I was a conspiracy theorist. And that's when I realized, like, this, oh, this is a partisan page. And that's what I said. This is a partisan page. I thought that this was just a community page. I didn't realize that this was, like, only Democrat leftists are allowed to ex express their opinions here. And I think he started getting a little bit nervous or whatever. Well, that's, that's not okay. And that's what I mean, like, anything that isn't expressly conservative will eventually be co-opted by leftists. This is supposed to be, like, a, a very Republican county on a, in a con 
Republican area in a Republican state, and we have leftists in control of the community page that want to smack down people's ideas and overturn things that we are benefiting from because they don't like it. It's a handful of leftists, but they're the ones that are the admins. They're the ones that create these institutions. They run the, I'm pretty sure they run the community center. A lot of the shop owners are old school Democrats. So um, it's it was kind of a rude awakening for me. It's like, wow, we picked the wrong town to move into because it's all a bunch of leftists. This is like a little hub. And I was wondering, like, how is it that this place is staying afloat? How do they stay alive? It's a music town with arts and crafts. And you know that as a business, I have enough you know experience in music business and creative endeavors to realize like that's not the best way to make a plan most music and creative endeavors fall through because they don't have an actual business plan I don't really know how to make how the town makes money not this one it doesn't make sense we don't have, really have a main industry we have a bunch of free musicians playing on the stage every night now I wonder if they even get paid so there's a lot going on that I didn't that I wasn't aware of and now I'm aware of it and it's, it was an eye opener and that's what's that's what's been going on here um you really have to pay attention to what's going on on a on a local level local politics is where it matters and you can only run away for so long uh, me personally we're not going to be able to stay in this town not because I don't, I'm not geared for the fight or not ready for it, but because I can't find work. And I was wondering why every time I go to the dollar store or to Walmart or whatever, it's not just teenagers that they hire. It's not just kids. It's the weirdo freaking kids with giant gauges and black lipstick and eyeliner. And, you know, they got their eyebrows pierced and their cheeks pierced and their chin pierced. And they have like septum rings with colored hair and decorative stockings on their arms and like those are the guys that have the jobs those are the girls that have the jobs and it's there's never any normal people working they always have like vampiric tattoos on their neck and it's just like what is the deal with these people like why are they why are they hiring these kids and then it's like you know you put the dots together over time and I'm like oh this is this is a town of leftists and as long as they can keep the conservatives from working, then there's no reason for us to settle here, right? You have to be able to work in your own industry in order to work. I mean, that's just a reality. And so that's maybe something I want my listeners to pay attention to is like, if you can't get a job somewhere because they only hire obvious leftists, like that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Something's wrong with your town. That's what's wrong with our town here. So I'm just trying my best to uh, to find work. Like I'm working right now, but I'm gonna have to find some some work in a different area that caters to my skills and everything. You know, I get along with people at work right now, but that's not something I'm gonna be able to do long term because the whole town kind of shuts down after the busy season. Anyways, <coughs> I'm coming up on my destination, and I'm gonna have to wrap this up. So I. I want you guys to know that I am working on a different podcast and it's called The Millennial Reign 
If you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. It's not like this. Um, I think I got off to a bit of a rocky start, but I'm, I'm doing better on staying on topic, staying on course. It's theological, very specific to millennials. And so on Mondays, I'm going to be releasing the Millennial Rain podcast. And that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm working on getting an actual stream up, but right now it's on my Substack page. If you go to zeroforhire.substack.com, you should be able to listen to the Millennial Rain. You can add it to your podcast feeder and listen to it every Monday when it drops. And then I'm going to be submitting it to some directories over time and getting and getting, you know, it takes a while to get this stuff out there. Same thing for the Zero for Hire podcast. I'm going to be uh, submitting it to like uh, iTunes, I guess, maybe Spotify for you Spotify listeners. I was really against it, but I don't I don't have a wide enough net cast yet for the community that we're trying to build. Now, if my community members step up and I'm getting enough paid subscriptions for the podcast, then that will very quickly accelerate things on the comic book slash audio drama side. And what I'm looking at is um, I'd love to do a comic book. Like, that's that one's a given. But we might also be able to take that comic book and combine it with the audio drama and, and form some sort of kinetic novel. I would really love to do that. Um, but I got to get some artists. You got to pay your artists, you know, and that, that kind of work is expensive. I, I'm, I think I could handle some of the programming, but I know that the artwork itself is expensive. And so all of that is going to come through paid subscriptions. Um, we got a few subscribers that are helping make it possible right now. We're setting up channels and things that, that we can actually have some cool stuff. Uh, I don't want to give away too much more right now. I got some more things that we're going to work on this week. And I have a, another job interview tomorrow that's going to free up some more time. So things are moving along well. I want to thank you guys for being patient with me this week. And I will... I will talk to you guys in the comments section of this podcast. Um, I want to know what your thoughts on the show, the direction, some things that we can do, some things that you would like to see happen. And I just want to know who, what listeners are um, able to get into the comment section and just say hi. We can, we can have that open line of communication. So if you're a member on zeroforhire.substack.com, then uh, just leave a drop a line. Let me know what you think of all the things that we talked about in this podcast. And uh, we'll keep those lines of communication open. All right. So that's it for now. I got to go and I will talk to you guys after the weekend. I hope that you have a great one. It's going to be like 105 all week, all weekend long. So I'll be, you know, digging a hole trying to hide from the sun. Till next time, stay holy. I'll talk to you soon.